Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages except for 14-year-olds, how you folks doing? Welcome to the Con and Bob podcast. I, I don't know why I alienated 14-year-olds because they suck. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, we're here live. Uh, not live, but we're kind of here live with Bob. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm almost as good as wrestling was this week because that was really, oh, man, really just good. Like, it was... Oh, it was such a nice week of just, this was a storytelling week for me. I was like, this is great. It just really so was, but holy things. crap, man. I, I, I'm going to, I got to stop you right there for all the viewers that are watching on YouTube. What's going on with your hair? What do you got rocking there, man? Yeah, well. <laughs> like what? What happened? Uh, last, <laughs> last weekend, me and a large group of my friends from university got together and one drink led to another and Jesus man. <laughs> we decided to shave the sides. So I went to my barber and he tidied it up and now I've got the The Marty Scroll look. Bit, yeah. Marty Scroll, little bit uh Buddy Murphy. Oh yeah, bit. Buddy Murphy does. Mike Canellis. Mike Canellis rocks it too. You might as well Andrade, go to two or five live, right? That's where you belong. Andrade has similar hair. I, I literally hell. Alistair Black's hair is super similar. It's just longer. It is very long. Yo, if you if you if you grow it as long as Alistair Black, I'm gonna stop being your friend. I want you to know that right now. That is so greasy. Don't you do that. I laughed because watching wrestling this week, I realized, and I watched I watched 205 Live this week as well. It was good, wasn't it? Because yeah, I saw the I saw like the preview on SmackDown, which I liked. I saw the preview on SmackDown of like oh, these guys are in this tournament. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I want to watch those matches. So it was good. I watched it, was good. it and then saw multiple guys with this haircut. And I'm like, this is a wrestling haircut. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It does make sense, though, because, you know, it's like a little longer, right? So it's got that yeah. star look, but it's it keeps it clean, right? Like you just throw her back and you don't have to worry about the sides and you can wear it all emo if you want to, or you can tie her back. It's like it's like perfect for a wrestling attire. Yeah, exactly. it, it really well, is. Well, the funny thing is, uh, you know, you know my other buddy Connor, um, yeah. who's also a wrestling guy. When we cut it, because I was with him on the weekend, I, I think the next morning it was down like this, and I was like, I looked at him and went, "Look, I'm Ruby Riot." <laughs> <laughs> he just starts dying. Oh, please don't wear it like that. Put her back in the Marty Scroll bun. And let's get right into this podcast <laughs> here for this week. Uh, so you've got, a, obviously, people listening. You've got a little bit of, like, this horse voice this week. Uh, sounds like you yeah, smoked, a like, a couple packs week. of cigs, you know, uh, just down no, them. No, definitely not, but it sounds like it. <laughs> it does sound like it. But we're going to try to push through this terrible, terrible-sounding voice of Bob's. <laughs> <laughs> and let's get right into it. So... Some of the best news we have heard since Daniel Bryan oh. coming back out of retirement. My heart is so happy. Mm. Uh, I've got a heart on, if you will. And, man, I just I love to hear the fact that Roman Reigns has knocked leukemia into remission. It is some of the best damn news I've heard in wrestling ever, in this world ever. I'm so happy, man. I'm so happy. It was super emotional. Mm-hmm. Um regardless of how that was going to go, I was going to be emotional. I knew that. Yep. Same. And, um, it was a good emotional, the crowd was behind him and it was, uh, he felt it. He seemed so happy to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he sounds honestly, like, I hope this is his character moving forward as well. Like it's, it's just him. 
I see. real. Yep. Because and you know what? That's going to be... sounds good on the mic. That is going to be so much easier for, like, when we're talking about storylines, because, like, he's back to wrestling, so we got to kind of talk about, you know, his future storylines and all that. Yeah. When, when it comes to wrestling fans, that is a type of character you can get behind, right? That mm. really, really is. And, I mean, I guess we kind of got to talk about it as well, because there are some fans out there who are saying some pretty rude things towards Roman Reigns uh, saying essentially that and WWE, WWE and the WWE that they, they even think for a second that they fake this thing I don't know I don't know how there's reporters out there like Dave Meltzer and JD from New York and whatever that are believing for a second that this might have been some sort of work the dude had freaking cancer alright shut up for a yeah. minute people well, Stop. he has cancer. Well, right? he has. Like, he has. It's in remission. It, yeah. yeah, like it's, it's yeah. in remission, right? Like and, it never like, goes oh. away for sure, right? And like seriously, where these people that are online on Twitter, on the streams, on whatever that are saying that WWE and Roman Reigns faked this to get him over, and that uh, it's been shady from the start, and that he doesn't look like a cancer patient, grow up. This is a guy who just went through four of the toughest months of his life, and it's not even the first time he's had to do it. Grow yeah. up, be happy that this man overcame one of the hardest things in life, and just be a decent human being for once in your life. Like, seriously, it, it irked me, man. Oh. Well, the, the big things, too, is, like, as good of actors as Seth Rollins and, and uh, Roman Reigns are, they're not that good of actors. Yep. Right, mm -hmm. like that's real emotion that you see out there. Seth Rollins coming out—that's real emotion. Like, mm -hmm. that's real honest stuff. And I can't remember where I found this. It might have—you might have shared it, okay. and I might have seen it through you. Uh, Leukemia UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was reading some of that, and like, I was just dying because they were defending Roman and saying like, "There's so many different types of leukemia. There's all mm -hmm. these different things, all these different factors that are like, oh." Not every leukemia patient needs to lose hair. Exactly. Not every, oh, and God. like the funny thing too is a lot of it isn't the actual cancer. A lot of it is, is the treatment mm -hmm. that makes them lose hair. Oh, yeah. That chemotherapy is the, yeah. the treatment of chemotherapy makes you lose your hair. It's, yeah, it's so a side like effect. Stuff like that. Yeah. But people are like, well, why? It's just people's short-sightedness and just people's ignorance to know. ignorance ignorance is exactly and you know what also it's the fact that these are ignorant wrestling fans who believe mm -hmm. every single thing is a work like when you think about it the people who believe that roman reigns and the wwe fake this cancer thing are just as dumb as the people who believe the earth is flat like let's let's not even start to go down that rabbit hole all right yeah it's uh... roman roman reigns is back and it's good he looks healthy and he looks ready to go. But now we got to start thinking about what could the potential next feud for Roman Reigns be? Because we were, we were teased a few things throughout the night, some potential ideas. And it seems like they might be going towards a Dean Ambrose Roman Reigns. They could also be going towards a uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. I don't know, but at least there's some intrigue moving forward with Roman Reigns. He's back healthy, and we'll talk about him a little bit further in the night when he shows up again. Anything else you want to touch on that before we move on? Um, yeah, I'm just happy. Uh, he was great, and it was just nice, and his reaction was great. The crowd was... And like honestly, like we opened up Raw with a 20-minute segment 
of Roman Reigns because mm-hmm. he couldn't get through things because the crowd was just overtaking him. By the and way, that's... there's there was also a little spot spot in like the the promo segment where like some fans started booing or or whatever, and I think the reason that the boos happened was because some fans were trying to say some vulgar things towards Roman Reigns or yeah. or trying to start a Roman sucks chant or or something like that. Because like in the middle of his promo, he just kind of stopped looking around like, what are these boos happening for? And then it was but like, it's you're okay, you're okay. And it's just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's funny yeah. because like it, he like kind of looked for a second and you saw his reaction like thrown a little bit. And mm. then all of a sudden just overwhelming everyone like chanting yep. the you're okay or whatever. And you know what? I, I think that's exactly like to, to lay into that a little bit more. The, the amount of good people in the wrestling world versus the amount of bad people, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's face that. The ignorant, selfish jackasses are over here. They're the ones who got booed by the entire crowd. And yeah. so and that's then, that's uh, good to see from the WWE fans sticking up for Roman Reigns. The last thing, too, is just about the idiocy of those other statements. Mm-hmm. It's not the idiocy that bugs me. It's not the stupidity. It's the disrespect. It is disrespectful. It's and the and hate, I guess, and the. It's like just be happy that a man is okay for right yeah. now and can, can continue to be a husband and a father and yeah. a friend. Exactly. At the end of the day, that's all you want to see is the guy healthy, and I don't know yeah. why you would be like upset when you get that news. Right? I I really don't. Um, and it, I think it's because it's wrestling. Right? It, it, that's exactly it. It's wrestling. There's people who still have a hatred for Roman Reigns and don't want to believe that, you know, he's actually a decent guy. That That's just, they don't want to believe it. And so they're just jackasses. Uh, all right, let's go on to some non-jackasses, but some jackass booking for The Revival. Uh, Black and Ricochet <laughs> versus The Revival in this match. And honestly, I'm, I'm not against, you know, these NXT call-ups being put against some top-tier talent because it, it shows us right there that these guys are to be taken seriously. But again, when there's backstage cuts to Chad Gable and Bobby Roode watching the match, you would almost believe they were the champions because yeah, literally. the Revival are out there in a non-title match against two NXT call-ups and losing, but Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are watching on. So it's almost like they... With the booking stayed that Chad Gable and Bobby Roode were the champions, they just moved the championships over to Revival. And it's like they forgot that they gave Revival the championship. Seriously. Because, like, at, at this pace, like, you know, if if they did decide to put uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode over the Revival to keep the titles on them, this would make sense booking-wise because that's the next step for the Revival to put over some up-and-coming teams to help build the division or up-and-coming stars to build it. But they're not. They're the champs right now. And you can't be putting the champions in there against NXT call-ups and losing in back-to-back weeks. You just can't. It's going to hurt the Revival. It's going to hurt the tag team division. I mean, these are two guys who haven't even really tagged all that much together. And beating the best tag team supposedly on Raw? That's yeah. There's a disconnect there. It's... It's really weird and annoying, especially because then the next night on SmackDown, same thing as last week. Mm -hmm. They're facing a team that's a powerful, strong team that you're like, oh, this booking makes sense. Yeah. And you know what my worst thing about the, uh, like my least favorite thing about the Revival Black uh, Ricochet match was it was good obviously all four guys are really talented mm-hmm. and there were good moments oh there were some crisp was, crisp moments it was good there like was that a few botches like that were almost too many and it happens 
Mm-hmm. It happens. But I just noticed it and was like, man, like it's, I hate to say it. It's almost Alistair Black. Who's botching the most out of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it in the know last couple of weeks. Nerves thing. I think it is because here, like we've, we've heard his story, right? We've heard this story of Alistair Black, how he does deal with mental illness, right? Like, that is a big thing that he has dealt with to try to overcome. It's why he's got all the tattoos. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, if you will. Um, but if you go from, a, like, a place like Full Sail to Monday Night Raw in a spotlight position, I can understand, you know, nerves being there, especially for a guy who has never really performed in front of that many rabid uh, fans like sure NXT takeovers are a big live fan audience but you're not talking about Monday Night Raw on the USA uh-huh. Network right there's a big difference between a takeover and a Raw um, in terms of viewership so like maybe it's just nerves other than like a few mat- a few moves though like he did look fine uh, a little bit of a stutter step with him though is what I'm noticing in the ring right now yeah, I'm I'm noticing though that they're giving him the win mm-hmm. a lot. Like he's get he's the one who's hitting the finisher, getting the pinfall a lot. Yes. Well, so, Rick- Ricochet did hit that uh, six thirty uh, splash. What was that on SmackDown last week? But that was was that a singles yeah. match? I can't remember. Um, or was that tag? I think that was a tag against the bar. Is that tag against the bar? Okay. Uh, uh no wait no that was uh, Gargano and. Right, yeah, 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 Gargano and Ciampa. So here, this is actually a perfect segue. So you and me, we're looking back trying to figure out who won the matches last week, who of the four NXT stars were facing these four or two guys or whatever, right? But this is a perfect segue to bring up my next point. You got to be careful not to just lump these four NXT guys together because right now, what are their characters on the main roster? What are they? NXT call-ups. That's their character. Here's my other thought is I think this is partially um, helping to bring awareness to NXT and they're hoping that it's going to bring viewership to NXT seeing these guys and being like to the fans that watch Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night Smackdown Live and don't watch NXT because there's also a lot of talks of in future things Black and well, even in NXT, Black and Alistair have had a uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet rather have had a lot of teaming. There's a lot of DIY storylines, yep, um, in NXT, and there's a lot going on that way. And there's a lot of talk of them entering the upcoming Dusty Rhodes Classic, and, that, and that's fine, you know, that's perfectly fine. I get what they're trying to hype up there, but. You are calling these guys up to the main roster to establish them as stars, not to put over NXT, right? These guys have come from NXT. You make that known. He's got the NXT championship belt. Awesome. But tell us why these characters are as good as they are. Give them the the characteristics. And what I mean by that is solo matches, solo matches not being lumped together not being the NXT 4 because the last time that we had these big NXT call-ups all at once was the Nexus and it worked for the Nexus because they were lumped together but let me ask you something man who's still around from the Nexus Daniel Bryan Keith Slater he he got fired and then uh came back 
because mm-hmm. he choked Justin Roberts with his. So time. you're you're talking about like the original, the very first night when Daniel Bryan was a part of NX, or a part of the Nexus. He has, he wasn't a part of it since then. So you're talking about Heath Slater, the only really re, real remaining player from the original Nexus, is the only one oh. left, and that is because when they called them up. They pushed them all together. They pushed them as this group and didn't give individual characteristics. We need was individual. Curtis Axel? Uh, he was a part of it at some point. I don't think he was the original Nexus. I think he was with uh, Husky Harris when he got called up, like the Nexus hmm. 2.0 or whatever it was. David the... Otunga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so you get what I'm saying with that, right? You got to be yeah. so careful not to just present these guys on the main roster as NXT call-ups. Give us something more. Give us the characteristic. Aleister Black, when he was first making his rounds in NXT, I remember this one match that got him over so well. It was against a jobber, and it was the perfect thing. Aleister Black just started off the match with his hands behind his back, staring a hole into the jobber. The jobber was walking around the ring, trying to find an opening, but Aleister Black just kept pivoting and stared him down. Until the jobber ran at him full force and got hit with a black mass and it was over one, two, three. If you did that on the main roster, he is over the moment you hear that theme music. Like, that literally, if you have a match that establishes him as a badass like that, he's over. He's off to the races. But instead, you're putting him in there in tag team action where he's required to sell. Where he's required to look a little vulnerable so his tag team member can get a hot tag. You know, and yeah. it's not a solo starlight. So I don't know. I get it, you know, trying to present these guys as, as much as possible, but give us solo matches now. We saw it last week Alistair Black versus Andrade. Don't go back to the tag team action when these guys clearly are only a tag team for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. You can build them up in NXT for that. All right. I, yeah. That's me. I, I, Anything all for you? in all, I thought the match itself was okay. Yeah, match I was good. I thought the booking yeah. was weird. Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, let's go on to the Elias segment now. Uh, So, fine, nothing special. At least it gets Elias on TV. It got Lacey Evans on TV, and it got a promo segment and set up a potential feud between Dean Ambrose and Elias down the line, right? It it did its Mm -hmm. job for a short segment, um, but obviously nothing to write home about. It, It just, it was what it was. But my big question here is, so is Dean Ambrose a face or a heel, or is he just straight up Dean Ambrose, and this is his character, like, and he's going to be aligning with both faces and both heels, acting weird, acting good, acting bad. Is that what his character is now, that he's not truly a baby face or heel? I think he's more toward the face side. I think he's, like, I think you're on to something, though, along the lines of he's just kind of crazy and yeah. does weird things, but... I think he's more along the face side because he's tending to challenge a lot more heels. Yep, like Drew McIntyre, Elias. Like, that is definitely on the heel side of things. It's just, it's weird how it happened, isn't it? Because he went from being this vile, despicable guy who just, he couldn't give a damn about Roman Reigns, right? And that's, that's what turned him heel. And then it flopped. And now Roman Reigns is back... And he's getting saved by him in a way. Like, I don't know. I wonder if this is just a, pl- a callback to the fact that Seth Rollins asked, or no, Dean Ambrose asked, where was Seth Rollins, right? And this is just them still coming out to save him, saying, all right, whatever, we'll save you, but we're not aligning with you. It's just yeah, a well, very it's weird like story. They left before he got up. They didn't, like, help him up. They just went out there, saved him, and left. Yeah. 
But that's that's also later on in the night. I'm jumping ahead yeah. of myself. But yeah, just Dean Ambrose is a little weird right now. But at least you know we're talking about it. We're talking about a guy who's probably leaving the WWE after WrestleMania, right? Like that's his contract has been uh, obviously announced that it's expiring. Whether it's a work or not, we don't know at this point. But it, if this is the case that he's on his final goodbye out of the WWE, I don't doubt for a second that WWE is going to try to get one more Shield match out of him. Like I would not be surprised if, say, the Shield versus uh, what is that? Baron Corbin, Braun, not Braun Strowman, uh, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre at the next pay-per-view. But then you're also then losing... Elias got worked into Exactly, that. so I'm wondering if you start maybe going for eight-man match, like Braun Strowman teaming with the Shield to take on Elias and those that trio. And then, after that, you know, you can get out of it. Easy. Have Dean Ambrose cost Roman Reigns the match in some way, set up a Mania match. Dean versus Roman. There you go. Yeah. If you wanted to, you could get there. And that would give you uh, a final match for Dean Ambrose because he's not going over Roman Reigns at the pay-per-view. Uh, and it would be a final goodbye for Dean if he is on his way out, right? Final WrestleMania match against one of his best friends in the world. I, I don't know. Maybe. But hey, yeah. let's but, crawl before we walk and walk before we run. I like it. Uh, speaking of walking before we can run, we... Uh, no, that's a terrible thing. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say something about let's get ready to walk with Elias, but we just covered Elias, so that didn't work. Uh, how about... Yeah, the, the match was Ronda Natalia versus the Riot Squad. The match was good. The match was good. It was good. It was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I thought they got quite a bit of time for there being another segment after and also a, another segment after that that all involved the same people. Um, it, it was definitely, definitely good. A much longer match than I was expecting. The right result happened with Becky Lynch coming on out uh, and causing absolute hell. Getting arrested. It was just unbelievable. And it, it honestly resembled Stone Cold Steve Austin so much. Just hearing mm. Becky Lynch saying, careful with my hands, I need these to raise the woman's title. Like, that is something else. Like, the smirk on her face. Did you see the um, mm. the mug shots on Twitter as well? No. Know what she's been doing with that? Oh, my God. They're so funny, man. They are so funny. Uh, no, get, I'll have to check that. Give me your thoughts. I'm going to pull them up on the, uh, on the podcast right now if you want to give me your thoughts on Becky Lynch there. Yeah. Give me your thoughts there, man. <laughs> I don't see him. No, no, I haven't pulled it up yet. Just give me your thoughts while I'm looking him up. <laughs> oh, just, I, thought you, I thought you meant like, no. I'm going to pull him up. Give me your thoughts on those. No, 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 like, uh, not like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I love Becky. She can do no wrong right now. Uh, I liked that that the Riot Squad and Ruby didn't have to lose again necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, take the fall at least, right? Like, they lost, but it was through disqualification, so. Yep. Um, I, I was a little bit thrown. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I might have missed something. Okay. But if I'm correct, all that I saw Natalia take as a bump was just like a right forearm or something along those lines from Becky. And then meanwhile, that. she's getting helped out by staff and yeah Maria. yeah um like uh, literally a couple was it not a crutch was it not a crutch to natalia i don't think she no? actually caught her with the crutch okay i think she just like ran at her and then she just i think she hit her with the crutch initially and so like a and shot to the like, mid and then in the boom. back or something and that's what was the dq maybe yeah and then she like just hit her to the side yeah 
Um, yeah, something along those lines. It was just like a weird thing that I was like, I don't think she took that much damage. Yeah. Like, it's not like she didn't take nearly as much damage as Charlotte did the week prior or or not the week prior, but at uh, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very good Chamber. thing to be pointing out there. Honestly, I, I can't quite remember now that I'm thinking back if uh, if there was any more damage, but I think you might be onto something there that Natalia didn't obviously <clears throat> receive much. It's at the end of the day, it's just a storyline advancement, right? You know, mm-hmm. we got to have a bit of a disconnect with WWE. I guess you, if you wanted to, Natalia was getting beat up in the match. You know, she already had a match, and maybe a forearm was enough to lay her out. Maybe she already had some sort of injuries in the match, but I don't know. Yes, definitely a little weak for Natalia to be knocked down like that. But obviously, with Natalia not being the focus of the story, you got to get to the focus, right? Oh, trust me, if I wanted to focus on something in this whole storyline of the women's title, mm-hmm. there's something that WWE messed up on that I'm not going to mention because I don't want it to mess with anyone and I don't want it to, and I don't want to sound like that kind of I want to hear it, man. I want to hear you smark out. Let's hear it, buddy. Oh, I don't want to do it on here, man. <laughs> like, I, I... Afraid of the backlash? <clears throat> okay, the... <laughs> Controversial, man. Controversy creates cash. Come on, bud. The Royal Rumble, when Becky Lynch was pushed off the steps by Nia. Okay. She landed on the opposite knee that they're selling. Mm. The initial knee that she hurt was the opposite one, and then she went in the ring and was selling that one, I think. Um might have immediately started selling the left one because I think it's her left that has the brace on it, right? I think so, yeah. So I think it was she landed awkward on her right knee. Okay. Got up, like got back in the ring, whatever, and then was either immediately selling her left knee or continued to sell the right. And then the next night, it was definitely the left. Okay. Damn. You know what, man? That's that's good attention to detail, though. That's the type of stuff that should not be overshadowed on WWE, right? That's not being a yeah. smart. That's straight up pointing out a flaw with the story. Um, but I don't want that to come into factor for me, for this, or anyone. For well, it doesn't have to. definitely doesn't have to. The storyline is great. Yeah. The storyline story is, is very good, yeah. definitely doesn't have to be a factor, but it is something that is worthwhile pointing out because yeah. if there is any young wrestlers happen to be listening or aspiring wrestlers, you know, Make sure you pay attention to those little details because me and Bob always say it's the little things that get you over in wrestling. And, you know, sure, Becky Lynch is over already, but if, say, she was just being built up and she sold the wrong knee, well, maybe some fans would have something more to be saying about that. So, you know what actually pisses me off the most about it is uh, from a broadcaster standpoint. Yep. Because as a broadcaster, notice those things. And the next night after Royal Rumble on Raw and all these other moments, they've shown the Royal Rumble clip mm-hmm. of Nia Jax get, like hitting her off. And I'm like, you're showing the fault yeah. right there yeah. over and over and over. I'm like, stop showing that clip. Just explain it and then like have show her win the match still. Like something along those lines. You don't need to show the actual like, oh, this is how. Mm-hmm. People will be like, oh, yeah, no, she's her. Okay, I get it. Show the other clips of Charlotte attacking her knee. Yes. Yada, yada, yada. Show why the knee is so injured. Why is she still yeah, wearing a brace, like, you know, uh, a month injured. a month after the Royal Rumble? Why is she still wearing this brace, right? It's yeah. more injured. She keeps getting injured. 
Exactly. But yeah, anyways, I can pull this up now here for you uh, and for everybody on the screen. So can you see that? <laughs> Perfectly fine. How dope oh, is that? Lover. Right? I love her yeah, so much. So good. And they were working on like a, a t-shirt thing. So it's going to be like this thing with like, you know, the man written above it or whatever or written below it. I think that's going to be a oh, dope, dope t-shirt. That's amazing. Might have to get it. Uh, all right. Let's go on though. As this segment did kind of continue, Stefan Ronda. So... Ronda Rousey obviously not impressed with the fact that she is not being able to defend this title against Becky Lynch. She wants the fight against Becky Lynch. It's the WrestleMania main event, and she's just pissed off with management for taking Becky Lynch and suspending her. Pleading, begging for Stephanie to unsuspend her, however, to no avail. Lays the title down at the feet of Stephanie McMahon and walks out. You sound like Stephanie McMahon. I know, right? Stumbling all over her words. Oh, it's been a long day, my friend. It was a uh, very good segment. I liked it because Ronda Rousey did not sound like she was reading off a script. She felt like she was trying to convey this message of, I want the best of the best. Which is a message I think that she should have been always going for. She's she's not this ruthless person right away. Like, you know, she's certainly a, a badass but she seems well-spoken, soft-spoken, and I wish that her promo style would be more like that, right? It, it was a good promo. Uh, laid it down at Becky Lynn, or laid it down at the feet of Stephanie McMahon. Walked out. What are your thoughts, man? Where is this leading? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's... Well, there's a lot of talk of her taking time off after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of, and my might just be again in my head, me looking into things, but she kind of teased it because she said like, I don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. True. And I'm like, well, yeah, she makes a lot of point. Like, that's a good damn point. She doesn't need to be here. She's run to she freaking Rousey. Yeah. The money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so I think it might be a little foreshadowing of maybe her taking a little bit of time off, but also anytime a champion lays their title down like it's such a slap in the face it, thank like, you thank you you're like yeah. you're not doing your job so well i don't even want to represent you mm-hmm. yep and it's like oh god that's so good it was good so, it was definitely very very good where i hope it heads is i hope the reason why this is happening is a way to take the title off of ronda rousey and to keep it off of her not giving her a loss because if say she is taking time off after WrestleMania well we still want the illusion of Ronda Rousey to be this badass unbeatable person for when she comes back for the eventual four horsewoman versus four horsewoman feud whenever that happens right and if this is their goal to take the title off of Ronda Rousey for this to end up in a triple threat match for a vacated title or for Charlotte's title who might be gifted the title which would be an amazing heel move from Vince McMahon. Oh, I'm going to derail myself right here, but imagine Vince comes out with the women's championship in his hands and say, and your new women's champion, Charlotte Flair. And out comes Charlotte and just hands the title to her. Like, or even better, he like, he puts her in a match against like the most jobberish of jobbers. (laughs) Like that, like honestly, with the amount of heat that Charlotte's getting right now, they should almost just gift the title onto her. It's going to create so yeah. much fan backlash, and it's just going to create a good atmosphere for when Becky Lynch eventually takes that title. Like, it's... Yeah. 
That's I I hope I hope I hope uh, that would be a really fun story, but I, I, it's was, just. Uh... But just to put it this way, man, I just it's nice to see that a story that seems so cut and dry of Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania has morphed into this layered, layered story, one that you're going to remember for years to come. Like the well, rise of Becky Lynch. It's a series, exactly. It's a show series, like where you're like, I need to watch next week because what's happening with Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte? Yep. What's going on? Is it finally going to be a triple threat? Is Becky going to be reinstated? Is Becky going to be arrested? Yeah. What's happening? And now it's just another layer to this series where a cliffhanger of well, what's going on now? Mm-hmm. Ronda didn't take her title. Like, wh- where does this leave us for the season finale of WrestleMania? Yeah, it's great. And like, we're we're still over a month away, man. Like, we still got yeah. so much story to tell. Like, I'd almost like to see Becky Lynch kept off for a week next week. You know, play this fact yeah. that she got arrested, right? Keep her away from the TV, like, because I thought it was a really good move not to have Becky Lynch come back at the end of the night with Ric Flair's celebration, like the birthday celebration, because it seemed like it was so cut and dry that it was going to be Becky Lynch returning to cause some sort of disruption with this birthday party, maybe attacking Ric Flair, maybe putting Ric Flair in the disarmor to get Charlotte's attention, right? As well. I don't know. That's what I thought might have happened, and it didn't. So it's a really good story that isn't uh, so cut and dry, right? What's up? <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just imagining uh, like obviously we're gonna get to it and Batista ended up returning. Yeah, but I'm just imagining Becky coming back and going to the like Ric Flair's dressing room and like opening the door and then just like running into Batista and be like, "What are you doing here? <laughs> like I'm beating the shit out of Ric Flair. Want to help? <laughs> Want to help? I'm just coming to beat the shit out of Ric Flair. <laughs> oh, uh, and I'm huh. just picturing them both be like, oh well. Want to do it together? Okay. All right. Uh, do it together <laughs> yep. if you want, or like take turns. I don't know. Yep. You could, you could have them after I'm done with them. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, so let's move on to the next section here. Mahal versus Kurt Angle. So I've got a bit of a problem with this too because the story being told was Kurt Angle's downfall. He was losing matches. He wasn't looking as good as he was. He was looking old. It looked like he was in store for a WrestleMania retirement match. And against Jinder Mahal. Man, even just <laughs> against anybody. Like I don't care who it would be against. But that's where they were going with it. It's seemingly like a retirement match at WrestleMania. And all of that story of Drew McIntyre holding Kurt Angle's head and basically show, showing him he's not at the same level as him. Uh, Kurt Angle losing all these matches throughout that time. His body's not able to hold up with him anymore. You just completely unraveled that with an easy squash win over Jinder Mahal. It, it, you really did. I, I would have rather, you know, see Kurt Angle struggle to beat Jinder Mahal and only just beat him. Yeah. Right? If you wanted Kurt Angle to go over, well, show how close... Like, if he's not able to knock off Jinder Mahal very easily, he's he's having a tough time, right? But he beat him fairly easily. He won with a submission, right? Off the ankle lock? Is that what it was? I think so. Uh, let me... Yeah. yeah. Anyways, however that ended up going down, it's just... It could have been uh, a story they continued right into WrestleMania, and they kind of unraveled it there. I don't know what their plan is for Kurt Angle because, honestly... N- Nobody gets any better from this. <laughs> like Jinder Mahal's a jobber and Kurt Angle's a, a part-timer, right? You're not you're not really fooling anybody with what you're doing. 
So yeah, it just was kind of weird. Any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, a little weird. I it, all I keep thinking is like, if Kurt's planning on retiring soon, that Drew McIntyre match would have been perfect. It would have. It would have been a send off. They built it as a rivalry slightly somehow, leading up to a pay per view. Imagine that match at Mania. Oh my god! Imagine that match at Mania. Like that would have been would've so been good. So good. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, if you, again, we don't know what Jason Jordan's status is. Yeah, it's, but he's not yeah, cleared. Hopefully, yeah. again, hopefully he comes back soon. Hopefully he's okay. Period, yeah, right? it's but, it's not looking like that. It's looking like he's retired or going towards yeah. retirement. He's got this producer role backstage. It's, yeah. yeah, but but if he were to come back at any point, mm-hmm. there's a built-in storyline to Drew McIntyre dismantling, embarrassing, and retiring his father. God, that would have been so good. And that would get Jason Jordan, and that's when you can have Kurt Angle come back on screen. And you can have Kurt Angle be his manager. Be his manager. manager, Or even just his father. Remember when when Ric Flair was just Charlotte's dad out Mm -hmm. there, and he was just out there being Ric Flair? Yeah. Like, that's like... Yeah, you're like, that gets that superstar <laughs> over because it's yeah. just a megastar, a legend, a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Just being out there supporting someone, you're like, well, if they support him, I guess I should support them too. Exactly, right? And then if, say, that didn't work, you have an easy way to get heat right back on Jason Jordan by turning on Kurt Angle. Right? Just and like you... Charlotte did on Rick. Exactly. Exactly. I love your thinking, man. That's why the Con Bob podcast is so good. Uh, exactly. Let's get on, though, to the moment of Bliss, because uh, for a moment there, Bliss forgot all about her hubby in uh, in uh, Buddy Murphy there. Completely flirting. Now? Uh, maybe not. Maybe now, not. I might, have, I might have misspoke there. Anyways, they're at least together. <clears throat> Buddy Murphy and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, so for a moment there, Bliss forgot completely about Buddy Murphy. Uh, it was flirting like crazy. Uh, this is back-to-back uh, moment of bliss is where she just flirts with the with the superstars. If that's all you're looking to have Alexa Bliss be, let's get a better character than that. Come on now. We can do better than just a uh, blonde bimbo who flirts, right? I uh, will say, though, uh, Corey Graves, <laughs> um, when just being like, oh, no, oh, so excited, and then uh, after she left and being like, Alexa, come back. Finn's about to take off his championship. <laughs> okay, that was fun. I, like Cor- I was Corey Graves. Corey Graves is freaking amazing, isn't he? He's yeah, so funny. I I was dying, especially because I'm like, man, that's that's bold that they're like, here, Corey, go out there and say whatever you want about the female superstars. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> With all the controversy going around about female superstars and you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? Hey, it's a character, right? And if his character is. is getting heat online, they are going to lean into it because why not? He's he's quickly turning into like almost a Jerry Lawler type of perv. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, but it's better, so funny, but better. better. Yeah. On, yeah, Jerry was just like, Jerry. Jerry Jerry was just a perv is what he was in, in his heyday. And, like, it was right for the time. You know, it, like, the, at yeah. the time, like, it fit with the product whether you want to admit that it was good or not. Uh, 
It was just it fit with the product at the time. Would not fit these days, but Corey Graves is as close to as a pervy commentator as you're ever going to get, and it's hilarious. Yeah. It, it really is funny hearing him gawk all over the girls. Um, but then again, though, this is another moment of bliss that just gets interrupted again, and I'm like, what are you doing with this show? Yep. I agree. That like it's constantly interrupted. I I will give it Every this Every single time. I will give it this much that at the very least it's a it's a show that can set up matches if done in a yep. quick hit like this, right? Yeah, Balor comes out, sure, that was fine. Uh sets up the match against uh Leo Rush and there you go, right? It was a quick like what 5 minute segment if that and it set up a intercontinental title match. So if used yep. in that type of role, I get it. Because you got to have a transition show, you got to have something that sets up matches. They usually use yeah. Elias for that to set up matches through his guitar mm-hmm. playing. So they're kind of starting to use Alexa Bliss for that as well. It, it's just an easy transition. Not a great talk show. Nothing hard hitting. It, but at least the setup on the stage is different than in the ring, so it gives it something. To what stand I would out. like to see too is like a lot of these shows. Over the years, like Miss TV, uh, Jericho, what, what was it called? The Jericho one? Highlight Reel. Highlight Reel, there you go, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. A lot of them are either, let's have multiple guests on mm-hmm. that are like leading into a feud, or I can now make them into a feud. Yep. Or let's have guests on that I then feud with. And they're not doing that with Alexa. Nope, they're, not they're not having, they're not having like Natalia out there to be like have a, an Alexa Natalia feud start. They're not even having Natalia and Dana Brooke out there yeah. to start that feud. It's Jeez. like, like why why has that been left off? Transition. Oh, seriously though, why yeah, was that, that supposed to yeah, be a match? That was supposed literally to be a match. This week. That was literally supposed to be a match this week. Yeah. And instead I, they're like, Natty, you're gonna team with Rhonda. Yeah, like and that's another thing with WWE that they did this week. Now it's entirely possible because WWE has brought in all these, like, new, uh, not all these new writers, but, like, these new uh, producers or whatever. Like, you heard about Bruce Pritchard being brought in to head of creative, right? Um, I did not. Okay, so there's a new head of creative, uh, and there's, like, a new a new creative staff, like Gregory Helms, uh, Abyss from TNA. Um, I knew that Abyss was going in as a backstage. Thing. Yeah, so, like, there's, there's these new producers backstage, new creative minds, however you want to describe it. Maybe I'm not speaking right with Bruce Pritchard being the head of uh, creative, but he is definitely working very, very close with Vince McMahon. And this is the guy who was in charge of the Attitude Era, right? Like for booking-wise. And so WWE, it's very possible that over the past week they had some matches already announced. A new guy comes in from creative and says, no, we're going in a different direction. Your stories were terrible, right? We're starting this over. Yeah. And if that is the case, that's the case. And we just got to have a one-week buffer. Nope. <laughs> just yeah. nope. Just nope, we're not doing this. But, you know, when uh, when you see matches like Johnny Gargano versus uh, Cesaro being announced a week ahead of time, and then it end up being, you know, the return of the Hardy Boys, it's very weird, right, when matches just get dropped. But I guess card subject to change is the thing that they always go back to. Um, but yeah, that, that was a great moment too. Hardy's coming back, but we'll get to we'll that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we're already 43 minutes into this show. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, Balor versus Rush, though, was very, very solid. I think Leo Rush is a star in the making. He he looks like he's going to be a face of 205 Live or the face of a cruiserweight division for a long, long, long time. Like a top antagonist, a top heel who can go out there and get anything done in the ring. Um, I know it's not on 205 Live, but when you see him competing for the Intercontinental Championship and remaining on 205 Live, 
there's big things planned for him. I would not be surprised if he's the next cruiserweight after cruiserweight champ after Buddy Murphy. Um, mm. If they could somehow work that out in a multi-man match. But yeah, I loved this match. It was very, very good. I enjoyed seeing Finn Balor and Leo Rush work together, and I would not be opposed to seeing more of it in the future. Yeah. Now, is there any chance that Leo Rush turns face? Yeah, definitely. I think so with his whole I, thing I, with Bobby I Lashley. Too. Right I think he could do a good job. Mm-hmm. And I think with this Bobby Lashley storyline, if they go that route, they very well could have well, him. Well, to, well to, say, to go right off of that, Leo Rush as a baby face makes the perfect foil for Buddy Murphy's Cruiserweight Championship at WrestleMania yeah. if you wanted to. There's no one else, right? There really isn't too many other people at uh, on 205 Live who are going to step up to the plate at this very given moment who haven't already had a match against Buddy Murphy, right? He's kind of walked through the division. So Leo Rush, if he gets turned babyface by being beaten up by Bobby Lashley, goes into a program with Buddy Murphy, that is a solid pre-show or main card match. Whatever you want to do, it will be a WrestleMania match, and it would be good. It's a familiar name yeah. for sure with Leo Rush because he's plastered all over Raw, right? He he had, what, two segments uh, back-to-back that covered over a half hour yeah. of TV? Yeah, he did pretty yeah, good. Those he did pretty freaking good. He's yeah. good, man. I like him. Yep. Uh, so solid shout-out to Leo Rush. Keep up the good work, man, because I know you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> of course he is. Of course. Uh, Strowman Lashley, though, uh, this was boring. This is what we've seen. We just see two big men beating each other up, has, supposed to have a match, doesn't have a match. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, same thing. Just bleh. Strowman, it's so sad to see, buddy. It's so sad to see because he lost all of his momentum. This time a year ago, he was coming off of a Royal Rumble WWE Universal Championship match against Brock Lesnar and Kane. A year ago. And now we're going into March... And again, for WrestleMania, he doesn't have any clear direction. Last year, he won the tag team titles with Nicholas. So Maybe Nicholas makes a return. I don't two know. Two years in a row? Why not? Let's just bury the tag team division again. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking back, man. The tag team division hasn't really recovered since Strowman won the titles, has he? Um, It's been a year of mediocre tag team wrestling. Like... Was the leader of worlds? The leader of worlds was in there, but they were a very, uh, a very, not great run, right? Like, Grief, yeah, they, they, you know what? It's, it's not even that they the weren't team. great runs. Like, either uh, the leader of worlds was okay, um, but it was brief. It was brief. The yeah. team was okay, but it was brief. Uh, Gable and Rude was better than what we had expected going into. AOP, again, you forgot AOP in there. Long. AOP was okay, but it was brief. Like yeah. everything was like, you're, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It was it's just, just, you know what it is too. When you compare it to SmackDown Stag Division, you're just like, huh, SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, seriously, SmackDown, SmackDown Tag. tag. Like, <laughs> and they got the Hardy Boys now. They got the Hardy Boys now. Like, come on, their tag division is just stacked. Um, yeah, like they needed the Hardy Boys. Seriously, they could have used them on Raw. Big time. Going into a WrestleMania program, could have used him big time. But, hey, at least it's SmackDown. It, by the way, I'm going to jump ahead to Matt Hardy. It's freaking looked amazing. It, yeah. He really looked good. We'll touch on it in just a little bit. But, man, Matt Hardy impressed me this week. I, I was surprised, too. I was like, I swore. I thought he was, like, forced to retire, basically. Yeah, I thought so as well. Um, But maybe it was just the, the leader 
Matt Hardy that got retired. I don't know. Uh, anyways, though, let's go on to McIntyre versus Ambrose. I loved this match. Hard-hitting match between the two of them. The right mm-hmm. finish, I believe, in my mind, with uh, McIntyre getting the win over Dean Ambrose. And yeah. then, afterwards, uh, we had, what was it, Elias hit him with the guitar into the Claymore boot. And then, like that, yeah. and then uh, what was it, Bobby Lashley and... Baron Corbin Baron. came out and started beating and up Dean Ambrose. Yeah, all four of them started beating him up. And then uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins make the save. But when they leave the ring, they leave Dean Ambrose in the ring alone. Very interesting still story. Still down, still hurt. Yep. Mm-hmm. They saved him, but they didn't leave with him. And it's very interesting because that whole motto of brothers fight coming into play here in this again. Mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose said some vile things about Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns coming back and makes the save. Has Roman Reigns somewhat forgiven Dean Ambrose for this? Has Dean Ambrose somehow turned a leaf? You know, maybe he realized that he was not good. I don't know. But there's intrigue. There's uh, there's little seeds planted everywhere with this whole feud, and I, I'm looking forward to next week to learn what the future of this is. Yeah, it's you know what I find too? It's a um. It's almost like a forgive but do not forget type situation mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like, listen, like I need to, I'll forgive you because I'm a better man. I am a high, like a, I'm going to take the higher path. I'm a better man than you. And we've been through enough that like you deserve forgiveness, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I will not forget what you've done. Yeah, and that could be a thing. Maybe that is a story moving forward. I hope though Dean Ambrose takes this as they've for completely forgiven him and that they want him back in the group and he keeps going backstage with them and trying to be in interviews with them or, oh, or man, something I like that. It'll be so funny. Yeah. He'll be so funny with it where he's just like, what's up, guys? Like, throwing his fist out. Constantly. Yeah, like, like, things like that. If you want to turn Dean Ambrose into a little bit of a goofy lunatic for his last few months to get some laughs out of his character, go right ahead, right? Go right ahead. This would be the time to do it with the yeah. with the shield and trying to pretend that everything's okay after he has literally turned his back on them. Um, it would be pretty funny. I'd like to see some of that. Let's go to Bailey versus uh, Nia Jax. So the slow... Eh, wow, I dropped my pen. Um, this match was slow. <laughs> it was definitely slow, but they do have chemistry in the ring. Every time that they step in there, yeah. there's some sort of chemistry. Nia Jax is working at almost a slower rate right now, though, and I'm not sure if she purposely has done that to avoid injuring anybody ahead of WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, she they're is... like, listen, Nia. Yeah. Don't hurt anyone. Like you, she's <laughs> definitely slowing down her moves. Like her, uh, when she did that butt drop on Bailey, and Bailey moved out of the way, she missed her by a mile. She jumped over the head of where Bailey was gonna be and just landed on her butt. Right. So it's it's things like that that make me wonder if she's just trying to give herself more lee room. You know, maybe she's realizing that she isn't the safest of workers. And needs to be a little safer, and as a result is having to just slow things down. And if that's the case, well, and she doesn't hurt anybody because of it, then so be it. I think what happened was she she listened to the Con and Bob podcast. Yep. Back Definitely. from uh, back from October November when we reamed her out for injuring <laughs> Becky, 
And uh, she probably heard that and was like, ah, yeah, no, I do need to be safer. Yeah, it was definitely all because of the Con and Bob podcast and not the millions and millions so. of people tweeting. Sure it. It. Yeah, definitely the Con and Bob podcast. Um, just the Con and Bob podcast. But also, just to say about Nia Jax and Tamina, they are the perfect first challengers for the titles. Uh, a big heel team for a babyface team who should not win, right? The, the heels should not win this match. Um, no. it, it, I think it's just a first feud that's really good then you can lead into Wrestlemania whether it's against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville or somebody like Kari Sane and Io Shirai from NXT or or somebody like that who knows right you can even look at the Iconics you can look up and down the roster there's people to fight at Wrestlemania to make a big match Nia Jackson Tamina would not be the big match at Mania though so it's good to see they get it at Fastlane uh, and then the last segment of Monday Night Raw was Ric Flair's birthday celebration, seeing appearances from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Shawn Michaels, uh, Sting, who, by the way, completely ghosted Seth Rollins when he walked by him. Oh, was so yeah, funny. Yeah, I, I don't see part of me because I was watching for that. I yeah. was like, I wonder if he's going to even like notice, acknowledge him. And he, like, stopped to talk to Braun Strowman for a second and, like, legitimately was, like, speaking with him. And because Braun and Seth were directly across from each other, part of me is like, was he ignoring him on purpose? Was he doing it as a character thing? Or was he just, like, because he ignored other people, too, where he just didn't really acknowledge him because he was saying something to someone else. And I'm like, or was it just he said something to Braun maybe he has some sort of relationship with Braun Mm -hmm. where like they've had conversations in the past maybe he's just saying something to him like listen you're doing great blah 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 and he's like looking at him and because of that and because he's the last guy there before the ramp all of a sudden he's like now I'm up the ramp and doesn't even realize that maybe I it almost looked like he was a guy trying to get to his seat in the center of the row at a movie theater. The way that he He's walked like, oh, past, sorry, yeah, sorry. just sorry, just scooch by here past Seth Rollins, and it, it just—I don't know. I wonder now. It could very well be Sting is an old school guy, right? He is kayfabe through and through. That is Stinger, and I'm his, honestly surprised he wasn't in full blown yeah. attire. <laughs> like that's and. Sting. And Seth Rollins technically was his last feuding opponent and the guy who ended his career. If I were the Sting character, I wouldn't want to say hi to Seth Rollins, right? And I wonder if that's maybe just what it is, just a little kayfabe uh, continuation of the feud. Seth, also with Seth Rollins, it was interesting because he looked like he wanted to smile, but he wasn't. So something might tell yeah, me there might be a little Seth more there. I was watching Seth as well. Like he felt, I think he just felt awkward. Yeah. When Sting came out because he kept clapping and he just like, he, a lot of the other ones, he like got real in, into it and engaged. Whereas like with Sting, he just like kind of stepped, uh, it's almost like he was like, I'm going to give this guy a space. Yep. Yep. And right? rightfully so. Like it's that moment again, I'm trying to get to my seat and the guy gets up and like leans back as far mm-hmm. as he can. Like, sorry, go ahead. Yep. It was literally that's what Seth did. Although I think if it was a kayfabe thing, I almost would have rather Sting like stop, like talk, 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 like stop and look at Seth Rollins yeah. and just like don't say anything. And Seth's just like, like maybe just reacts, like doesn't know mm-hmm. how to react. Yeah. And Sting just like doesn't do anything and just keeps walking. And I'm like, that would have been a nice little kayfabe moment. It would have been, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just very interesting watching these little things with wrestlers and how they connect. 
I was speaking though with Seth Rollins connecting with a uh, mm. another legend when Ricky Ricky the Dragon Steamboat came out there. Yeah, I'm not sure if you saw. He chopped I everybody did. down, and Seth Rollins sold it like no other because he he chop 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 chop, and then he yeah, waits. He he, he was gonna chop. I think it was Dana Brooke, and waited. He was like, oh, can't do that, and then chopped Seth Rollins. I just hit myself in the eye with my string there, but holy crap, <laughs> um, he chopped Seth Rollins, and he sells the crap out of it. It was just like. Oh, <laughs> I love that little moment. Yeah, it, it, it's it just, fun. it's proof that Seth Rollins, no matter who you are, he's going to put you over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he was, uh, that was a funny little moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean obviously dancing out was fun. Yeah. But there is one return that we have not mentioned yet. And it is the biggest doozy of them all. My eyes are still watering from hitting that, my string, hitting my eyes there. Um, but Batista is back. Tell us about Batista. What happened there? While well, I fix my damn eyes here. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It was great. They went through this little segment. They had a beautiful little tribute video for Rick. They. Uh. Then finally, they're like, without further ado, let's get the man like that we're out here for out here, Ric Flair. And mm. then his music hits. Nothing happens. Everyone's just kind of standing around awkward and they're like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden cut to backstage where Batista is dragging a camera guy to Ric Flair's dressing room. Holds him there. He's like, stay there. Goes in some scuffle noises and whatnot. And then all of a sudden drags 70 year old Ric Flair <laughs> out choking him, collar. choking him. Like, could, did oh, you see how red his, him. his face was like, Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Unreal. And, uh, drags him out. And then just the simple, do I have your attention now? Hunter. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That was oh. so scary at the end. Like, holy crap. Batista, you don't want to so, mess with that man. I'm so happy. It's funny, mm. too, because, like, this is almost the storyline that Batista wanted to do, like, two years ago when yep. he came back, or it's three a- years ago, whatever it was, like, when he came back. He's like, I wanted to come back. Everyone knows that he wanted to come back as a heel. Yep. And they're like, no, no, no. Be blue Batista. And God. he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, But, so, yeah. Frig, man, I'm I'm excited for this match now. So, like, right now, WrestleMania is looking something like this: Seth versus Brock, uh, Charlotte versus Becky versus Ronda. You're talking about uh, now Triple H versus Batista, most likely Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, um, which would be huge. Who else? Like, you're you're maybe gonna look at like an Intercontinental feud with Finn Balor versus somebody. Like, who who would be a good f- opponent for Finn Balor at the show shows. Um, like depends. What about a Johnny Gargano? I was I was thinking it depends what they're doing by that point with mm-hmm. the NXT guys. Yeah, because a Johnny Gargano could be really interesting. I would like to see that match, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor. That's like two faces of NXT, like from two different mm-hmm. generations, right? Like Johnny Gargano was he there? During the Finn Balor rise, I think he might have been just starting out with DIY when uh, Finn Balor was like the the NXT champion. I think. Yeah, I think he might have been there at that time. So like, but I'm not sure if we ever got the match between them. They we may have gotten a a one off on NXT, but if it was, it was to put Finn Balor over, right? It wasn't to build yeah. up Johnny Gargano. Now you're talking all these years down the line 
of Johnny Wrestling being Johnny freaking wrestling, Mr. Takeover, and then you got Finn Balor, the Intercontinental Champion. If they want to move towards a feud like that, I would I'd give my money for WrestleMania for that one. That'd be so You know good. what else I'm I'm loving? Um just the thought of Gargano coming up to the main roster is like he could brand himself as like Mr. Mania. Mr. Mania. Rather than like Mr. Also, Takeover. Also, really cool thing when uh, Shawn Michaels was on like that red carpet for Ric Flair's birthday, he was there he, with like, Johnny, Johnny Gargano. Gargano. Like, come on. Like, if that's not Mr. WrestleMania, like, oh, I'm so excited for his future. It's going to be so good. We're starting yeah. to get into the really good stuff of these elite NXT people being called up. And meshing with this roster, and we get we're in a good time matches. of wrestling. We really, really are. But let's continue through. Uh, let's try to run through SmackDown Live a lot quicker because we're already pushing an hour already. So, Kevin Owens has replaced Kofi Kingston. Vince Again, McMahon due to Vince McMahon. Yep, Vince McMahon is a dick. He has reformed that mega heel. Uh, he's great at being the heel, and he knows what's going to irk the fans. Kofi Kingston fans do not fret. This is only most likely going to be a temporary story to get you to WrestleMania. They're realizing at how much support Kofi Kingston has. The Kofi mania is running wild. They realize that this is probably the right direction to move into. And the original matchup mania was supposed to be Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan. So that happens a month sooner. You get Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. If they go in that direction, I am so happy because Kofi Kingston deserves a one-on-one match for the title at Mania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... um. Well, let's just start with the return of KO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy looks great. He looks awesome. He's fresh and dub. He looks tight. Um, uh, he... I don't know if he's... He still feels a little more heelish. Yep, I agree. But he, I he's, agree. He's like... Like if this is the if this is the middle, and like this side's heel and this side's face, he's just that little bit over to that side. Like he's not quite heel. He's like Dean Ambrose, like, who is more towards the face side, and Kevin Owens yeah. is more towards the heel side. But they're both kind of in the middle still. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like I I don't know what because then he's like, hey, I think Co- uh, I want to team up with Kofi, who's a guy that I think deserves this match as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not what Kevin Owens the heel says. It's not. It, it's a very interesting character because I, it makes you wonder, has Kevin Owens just turned a new leaf, but he's still going to be an opportunist? Like Edge was always an opportunist mm-hmm. as a face, right? Any opportunity that comes his way, he would take, but you know he was still somewhat of a baby face. His ultimate opportunist was a heel character, but when he transitioned, you still saw some of that opportunist run through him. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the same idea for Kevin Owens, you know, he's well, he's being brought back by Vince McMahon for a WWE title match. Does that make him a bad and, guy? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make him a bad guy for having that. But he's also not going to be stupid and turn it down, right? So I, I it's interesting. There's uh there's something else later that we'll talk about when he does team up with Kofi Kingston to take on Rowan and Daniel Bryan. Yep. That it, it it feels like it's a face thing because of how the match finished. Yeah. Because of what he did to finish the match. Mm-hmm. Potentially a new finisher. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Permitted permitted to him by one of the greatest of all time. The KO Stunner. Who's 
one of the greatest <laughs> faces of all time. Mm, interesting. And eh? one of those guys who's a face, but same kind of thing, like where he's a tweener face. Yeah. We'll talk about right? that, where though, you're when like, the ah, move. He's a dick, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, we'll talk about that like, when the move comes out. That got we'll get me to it. hot. It was good. I really liked it. Um, also, little side note here. Remember when Kevin Owens attacked Vince mm-hmm. and headbutted and busted him open mm-hmm. and everything? Yeah, Vince forgives really quick. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I do like, okay, so I was okay. going to bring that up. I was like, 100% I'm talking about that. But I do like that the commentary team touched on it. Okay, did they? Because I didn't hear that. They talked about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They talked about it and they mentioned it and they said, it might have been Corey might have mentioned it and said like, just like less than a year ago, like this, like Kevin Owens attacked Vince McMahon and bloodied him. Like, okay. All right. I missed what, that part. And they then. did touch on it. And I was like, damn it. Now I can't really hate on it in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They mentioned it. Like, that's all they need to do. Like mention okay. previous things. <laughs> so like, if they, if they did that, okay. then I, my apologies there. Um, yeah, that I, that I, I totally like, missed that. Damn. You know, with me like live streaming, I'm like yelling at the top of my yeah. lungs. I miss commentary stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, all right, though, let's move on to the surprise return of the week. Like, we had Batista, but somehow this is a bigger surprise because we were hearing on Twitter all – well, I'm not sure about you, but I was hearing on Twitter all day about the rumored Batista backstage, right? And that Batista was set to return tonight, and he was going to have a big angle in store for WrestleMania. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Now I want to see this happen, right? How is this going to happen? How is this going to unfold tonight on Monday Night Raw? But on SmackDown – the announced match was Johnny Gargano versus Cesaro, and we get the Hardy Boys, the return of the Hardy Boys, especially mm-hmm. Matt Hardy. Um, threw me off a little bit, just not knowing that that was going to happen, and that's good because I couldn't tell you the last time where I was legitimately so, so surprised and not expecting that, right? Like a legitimate returning star where I didn't hear any rumblings of him returning. It's like it's almost as quiet as when Chris Jericho returned for the Royal Rumble a few years back. Right where he entered at number two against Dolph Ziggler, there nobody heard anything about Chris Jericho coming back. He kept it so quiet, and he returned. Obviously, not as big of a uh, deal, but still cool to see the Hardy Boys back. Yeah, I was really surprised too. I didn't even know that uh, Gargano versus Cesaro was a scheduled match. Okay, I I might have, but I didn't like process it. I didn't think about it, whatever. So it wasn't in my mind. Um, but. I was mostly surprised because I had committed to thinking Matt's done. Yep, same. Like, everything that he has done on social, everything that, like, had happened, I was like, no. And everything that I had heard and read was, physically, he can't go. Yep, that's what I heard. why bother? And then he, I don't know if he had a surgery or if he had some sort of just, like, recovery aspect. Maybe he's been doing... DDP, DDP yoga. yoga. Why not? Right? right. Like, hey, Sponsor us, DDP. Sponsor us right here. Yeah, it saved, it saved uh, Chris Jericho's career, right? Yeah, could save Matt Hardy. He it all the time on Talk is Jericho. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, maybe he's been doing DDP yoga. Hashtag do DDP yoga. Uh, <laughs> hashtag sponsor us, DDP. Yeah, uh, do, it, do it, do it. But I don't know. Like, I was, I was, you know what it is, too? It's, I was already in this mood because of Roman returning from a health thing. And then just seeing someone else return from a health thing. I was like, yay. Yeah. Just, yay. yeah. I was like, 
That's nice. It's a feel-good moment, isn't it, when you see Matt Hardy come out there with Jeff? Yeah. And But now i got to ask you this, man. Could this be the start of a retirement run for the Hardy Boys? Yes, 100%. I think so, too. I think, I think it very well could be. I would not, um, dude, honestly, I would not be surprised if a Mania match is once again Jeff Hardy versus Matt Hardy one last time. Wouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah, they just they, they, they came back to the WWE, won the tag titles together already, right? They had that little run at WrestleMania two years ago when they returned. It makes you wonder if like this is just one final hurrah for both of them. They want one more Mania and just give it to them. They deserve it, right? These guys are legends in the business, and let's let's see one more feud between them if that's what you want to do. Or maybe they're planning on putting over a big tag team. What if the match is Hardy Boys versus DIY at Mania, right? Yeah. What if the match is Hardy Boys versus a returning Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper? Hey, you never know, right? Like, there's there's potential with it, right? You can put the Hardy Boys in there against anybody, and they'll deliver a good match. Exactly. But they're also such an established act that, you know, you can literally have anybody go over them and they'll become bigger stars because of it. But mm-hmm. they won't be hurt. It's it's a good call, I think, at this point to bring them back, especially with Jeff being a part of the active roster. Right? It's a logical yeah. step because Jeff doesn't have anywhere to go right now. He, well, he's not gonna he's not going to fight for the main title. He's not mm-hmm. going to fight for uh, the United States title because he was just mm-hmm. there. You, you don't have anything, right? You, you could So throw them back in the tag team division. Makes a lot of sense. And they don't need to fight for the titles they either. They don't. But just give them something to do. Yep, exactly. Right? It's like, going to be something to do. Yeah, and, and it's always anytime those guys come out now because you want to have Jeff on screen as much as possible because he's such an over baby face. Yep. But anytime they come out on a week-to-week basis now, it's like nostalgia. Nostalgia, yep. Boys, right? Like that fan base is just like, this is my team. Mm-hmm. These are my guys. I agree. Right? Like this is what I. This is what you and I grew up on. Mm-hmm. These guys are the guys. And you, so, you just know it. You just know it when you watch, and it's going to be always a fun match. Yeah. So yeah, that was nice to see. Um, the loss of the bar two weeks in a row. Got to be careful, right? I know the bar is a very, very good team. They're going to be over no problem. Um, let's not have them lose three weeks in a row. Right? Don't put them in there again next week for a losing match. Leave them off TV for a week or two, erase the memory of the losses, and then push them back as a dominant team. Right? Because yeah. you don't want to hurt your own tag team division while getting others over. Right? Because they lost to or, DIY, then now then they lost to a returning Hardy Boys. These are the former tag team champions. Or they lose to Gallows and Anderson. Okay. Or they lose to a returning fashion police. Hey. <laughs> no, no, don't lose three weeks in a row. No, I, I wouldn't want them to lose three weeks in a row for sure because, like, the Bars, they're former tag team champs. Multiple-time tag team champs, both Raw and SmackDown. One of the best tag teams of this generation, right? Yeah. Let's uh, let's not lose too much steam with them because they are so incredibly over and good and just don't want to yeah. lose it. Don't want to lose Speaking that Speaking of not losing too much steam. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's do it. Truth versus Andrade versus... I can't roll that R. Rey Mysterio. There we go. I loved this match. Mm-hmm. It was I really good. I loved the setup. Mm-hmm. It was my... I, I think it was my match of the week. Okay. Um, I, 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 I... Like, from the moment that it started... It's funny because from the moment that I started, it was like, this is probably going to be my match of the week. 
mm-hmm. and it, it, it delivered. It was a bit shorter than I would have liked it to be. I agree. But it was still a good match. It kept the title on truth. Mm-hmm. Which was, um, honestly, I was surprised. I was surprised they I kept it on I was a little him. bit surprised, yeah. but I also like it. Like I don't like the idea of this being his first, his first real title defense. It's his second. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't like all of a sudden, it's like your second match as U.S. champion and you're losing the title. Yeah. So it, but honestly, I liked the way they set it up. I liked that Carmelo was back out there with him. Mm-hmm. They're always fun. Truth always is like people forget about how good Truth is in the ring. Yeah, he's solid. He's such a he's very solid. Character. Yep, he's very he's very so solid. athletic. He's so athletic. The dude is shredded. Frag man. Yeah. And he's like he's in his forties or whatever. I think he's forty six. Like, I could be wrong, but I believe he's forty six. Like, this guy is shredded. Mm-hmm. And then um yeah, so I I really liked this match and I. Yeah, Andrade and Ray put on an amazing match. As always. Uh, always uh, yeah, as always. There were some very fun spots. And I don't know. I like the idea that Truth is still our champion. Yeah. But I also like the idea that Ray and Andrade are getting into the U.S. title picture. Thank you. Okay, there we go. So and now I that that like, is honestly a perfect segue. But what else do you like? Sorry? Just that the open challenge is out there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I also like the idea of R-Truth continuing the name of the C-Nation until John Cena comes back, because that would be really fun to have a, a John Cena-R-Truth interaction backstage saying... the five-knuckle shuffle. Yeah, like, come it on. like great. That was really, really funny. R-Truth kills any character that he's given, <laughs> right? Um, but here's the Love thing with, with this match. So, we're seeing Andrade and Rey Mysterio enter the, uh, the U.S. title picture, like you're saying, and... The way that the finish happened, it doesn't feel like they're going to be moving away from it, right? I wonder if this is to set up the WrestleMania match of a ladder match returning. Because Andrade, Rey Mysterio, R-Truth, Ricochet, and if you want to add more on there, go ahead. Let's get a let's get a ladder match with those guys Where's going. Where's Dolph at? Where's Dolph at? Uh, doing his stand-up comedy tour and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure he's oh, taking nice. some time Good off right him. now. Good yeah, for yeah, him. yeah. I love him. I do too. Love the guy. But yeah, so like a ladder match for the U.S. title because like you go back a couple years ago, we had those IC title match ladder matches, right? Those ones that were incredible. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, you're talking about who else was in those ones? Like Daniel Bryan winning the IC title at Mania, right? There is. We had we had Dean. Was it Dean versus Dolph? Maybe. Oh no, Miz versus Dolph. At one point, was a ladder match. Okay. All right. For the IC, uh, that was when it was on SmackDown. When the IC title was on SmackDown, that was a good match. Within the last like two years. Yeah. So like, and then you go back further to Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. One of the most famous matches of all time. Oh, good. So good. But you add in names like Andrade, Ray, and R-Truth. If you, if you want to keep this title picture the exact same as it is, I would totally watch a triple threat at Mania of R-Truth, Rey Mysterio, and Andrade. I don't think that's the match that we get. I think there's going to be somebody added in. It, I would like to see this a ladder match, honestly. Let's let's get six to eight men or four to eight men in the ring there with this ladder going on and put the U.S. title on the line and see what they can do, right? There's there's absolutely zero reason why you couldn't make a six-man match of R-Truth, Andrade, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Rusev, Nakamura. No reason why you couldn't have that as a six-man match for the United States Championship. Yeah. And coronate it with Ricochet winning. 
it, that's that's the guy. Like you we, think we Riga, he, yeah, just, you think Ricochet? Or or hang on, or I'm returning Mustafa Ali if they wanted to throw him in that match as well. Ooh, yes, that right? would be good too. So like there there's options, but the reason why I say Ricochet is because he is such a dynamic performer that calling him up just before WrestleMania, this would give him some chance to stand out, right? Like you look you do, you look down the list of matches then he could have essentially being, you know, the United States champion and raising the bar with that title, right? Uh, you're talking about matches against one-on-one with Andrade, one-on-one with Rey Mysterio, you go one-on-one Jeff Hardy, you go one-on-one with all these characters, and if he held on to that title for so long, like he did with the North American Championship, that is going to be fantastic for the United States Championship. So you don't think Andrade should win it first and then See here this is now when you're saying that though, what I originally had suggested was that at Fastlane you would have R Truth versus Andrade one on one. You have Andrade pick up the title there and R Truth exits the title picture. And that okay. that leads to a triple threat at Mania of Andrade, Ricochet, Rey Mysterio. That's what I originally had. Some people in the stream mentioned, you know, getting a ladder match on the card, and I thought that would be really fun. And if you're not looking to take the title off our truth right, right away, that's an easy way to lose the title to somebody. I think ladder matches should be required at WrestleMania. I agree. It, it's something, it's a spectacle, right? It's one. something that's fun. Yeah, one ladder match would be really good. But yeah, I... I would not be opposed Andrade winning that match either. I would not be opposed if Andrade picks up the title before Mania. Because um, I think he, he should. Andrade should pick up the championship at some point. But Feels Ricochet... Like they might go that way at Fastlane. They, they might. And, like, you know, if they do that, only to have him drop the title in a ladder match, let's say, where, you know, you don't get buried from losing a title in a ladder match. No. It, it, or he hangs on to it for a while. But, like... Especially a multi-person ladder match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so much intrigue around the SmackDown Live mid-card right now that I'm so excited. I'm kind of drooling at, like, the potential matches that are to come because, like, this is going to be so good. Well, it's great because we were just talking about it last week, I believe. Again, this is just WWE listening to the Con and Bob podcast and being (laughs) like, Hey, uh, what are you doing with your mid-card title? Do something with it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we probably should. Exactly. And then they, You're welcome, uh, WWE. It was all us, right? We're we're the bookers. But yeah, that was a uh, a very solid match. Like I I liked it as well, man. Very very solid. Charlotte then came on out. Uh, this this promo was not newsworthy, other than the fact that she is saying that she's going to Monday Night Raw, uh, to claim that title. Essentially, not a newsworthy promo, but it was well delivered. Um, Charlotte as a heel is fantastic. I'm liking her work more and more each week. She's leaning into the fan hate. Uh, she's lean, leaning into the fact that she's almost like this chosen one. Honestly, she's such a good heel, and I like the story being told. I will say, too, you know what I noticed is um, <clears throat> I love the aspect from the Monday Night Raw when they did that little clip, whatever, tribute to Ric Flair. Uh, it A lot of it was... He's the man. Mm. Ric Flair is the man. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Like, that type of thing. And I'm like, holy... And this is just the little back of my brain that goes, (laughs) holy shit. The current, the man, is gonna beat the former and legendary, the man's daughter. Mm. Yep. Uh, To become, like... You know what I really hope, though, along this, this ride... I hope Charlotte 
breaks out something saying like, you know what, Becky, you go ahead and call yourself the man. I am the woman. I, to be the woman, you have to beat the woman, right? Something like that call back to Ric Flair's promo, but delivered in her own way as a heel, right? Saying like, yeah. you go ahead, you, you call yourself the man. I'm the woman. I am the one who leads this division. I am the one who is always at WrestleMania main eventing, stealing the show, right? To be the woman, you have to beat the woman, and you can't beat the woman. <laughs> Something like that would be a really good promo. Um, and I know Becky's response would just be so logical. Like, yeah, I've actually beat you a number of times. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it would be good because Charlotte is a delusional heel, right? Yeah. She's a delusional heel. That's what she is. She thinks she's better than she is. Oh, and... her, little, her little thing about, like, Becky and Ronda are scared of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ronnie scared that she would get hurt, like that I would give her a beating like I did at Survivor Series. I'm oh, like, so good. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm loving this story, man. I really, really am. Yep. Okay, <clears throat> next match that we had, the second last match of the night, was Ricochet and Aleister Black taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Very four, these four talented individuals put on a hell of a match. Um, mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. Solid work all the way around. Again... Careful WWE lumping these guys together, right? They're starting to get pushed together too much, right? There's no reason to need to have a tag team match for these guys on Raw and a tag team match again on SmackDown unless your goal is to push them as a tag team, but it's not, right? Their goal is to honestly just get them over and they're putting them into these matches just to try to get them over, but it's not supposed to be as a tag team. Um, not initially. Like, uh, well, we don't know that. Maybe they'll do it initially. Maybe they're going to be like, "Listen, this is a team." Initially, maybe moving forward because a lot of great individual superstars come from tag team wrestling. Yeah, but can you tell me two individual superstars who are as different as Aleister Black and Ricochet, who have been such hyped-up prospects, who come up together as a tag team and actually succeeded? It's it's such an odd couple pairing, and it's not working for me. It, it, the pairing just doesn't click, right? Alistair Black's this lone wolf guy who rises from the ground with, like, candles lit around him, right? Like, that's his entrance, his demonic style of thought. Like, he's a very dark individual. Ricochet's got all these hype lights. He's got this hype music. He's uh, flying around the ring. He, they don't necessarily fit together as a tag team. And, like, but I don't know. This could just be me overanalyzing things. It's just it, I want to see them in individual matches yeah if you want to keep them if you want to keep them backstage sorry to completely interrupt but if you want to keep them backstage as interacting with each other right like because they come up from nxt it'd it'd be like called up from the ahl right if you and your buddy are called up from the ahl that are on the same team well you're probably going to sit next to the person when you're called up you're probably going to interact with them on on the ice with practice and it makes sense that they would be interacting with each other in the wwe because they know each other but I think let's give them individual characteristics. Yeah, I think for me, I do think that a bit of it is they know that they're not on the main roster yet. They're not main roster superstars. They're still NXT superstars. They're still coming out with the NXT name brand. True, true. Uh, like nameplate. So my thing is, I honestly think that the way that they're pushing them in NXT and the way that it's going toward the Dusty Rhodes Classic and the way that... It's going moving forward. And what I've heard uh, moving forward in NXT 
what I had heard through the grapevine and whatnot. Okay. I think part of it is let's put these guys together. Let's get some attraction to them. And then maybe some people start coming down to NXT as viewers and be like, oh, they're a team here too, because that's the way that they're going that way as well. That they've been teaming a lot in NXT. Yeah. It's just a fact. They've been helping each other out a lot. They've been teaming a lot True. in NXT. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just the, the fact that I've seen them both at their the top of their game as champions down in NXT yeah. and knowing what they can do. I think that you honestly should debut superstars who have superstar potential as superstars, right? Debut them in as high quality matches as possible. Put them on a showcase, and if they're not a natural tag team, don't bring them up as a tag team, unless you have plan. Unless you have plans to push them as a full-on fledged tag team, but they're not. That's not what they've been doing, right? Alistair Black versus Andrade literally a week ago. That's not what they're doing. They're building them up for singles competition. Who happen to have some sort of NXT connection, and I mean, eh, let's see more. All right, main event time. Kevin Owens and Kofi Kingston taking on Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Solid, not great match. Um, the right team won. And Kevin Owens, not only did his pop-up powerbomb turn into a pop-up sit-out powerbomb, he didn't even win the match with it. You want to tell us how he won the match? Debry, it was Debry kicked out of the pop-up sit-down powerbomb and then a good, like, good match. It was fine. Like, right? like there was good moments. There was whatever, but there was some real good moments. And then it finished with Kevin Owens pinning the WWE champion. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. After, Which is huge. And also then what that little interaction after as well between he and Kofi, mm-hmm. he pinned him after a... Full-blown stunner. Yeah. Unreal. One, two, three. New finisher for Kevin Owens? I'm open, so I want to hear the KO stunner. And I want to hear all about it. Like, he needed to get the blessing from Stone Cold the first time that he used it against mm-hmm. AJ Styles, the very first time that he broke it out. Yep. Um. So now has Stone, is Stone Cold such a believer in Kevin Owens I that think he so. He has given him the blessing as go ahead. I, I, I forget this when it was. I really do forget when it was, but I believe at some point Kevin Owens and Stone Cold were on a podcast together. I think it was probably on the Broken <clears throat> Skull podcast or whatever it's called, uh, Stone Cold's podcast there. And I think Kevin Owens was on it. And I, I remember hearing it, and they were making fun of his first stunner because he didn't quite connect on it, right? Wasn't able to get all of it. And, uh, but yeah, they talked about that. But like you said, I wonder if there is Stone Cold Steve Austin in the back of his mind thinking, this is the guy to carry on the legacy of the stunner. Like, this is the Mm -hmm. guy. And it's not something that doesn't make sense, right? Like, if that, I don't know if I said that very well. It it makes sense for Kevin Owens to have a finisher like this. And I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure he also used the stunner back before he became signed to WWE, back on his independent days. I think he used a stunner in a lot of matches. So probably called it the Steiner. Steiner. Ah, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he pinned Daniel Bryan off that and then had a little interaction with Kofi where it almost like any pointed at Daniel Bryan. Like, listen, I deserve this title shot just like you do. Yep. I just pinned the champion. Mm-hmm. I like it because that's all because that's all Kofi Kingston had basically over Daniel Bryan as well. He's pinned the champion, right? He's got the fan momentum, but he pinned the champion. 
That's his uh, his claim to the yep. WWE Championship match. Kevin Owens has that now. I like it. It's a good story. It's well told, and I'm so happy to see Kevin Owens back. You don't realize how much you miss somebody until they're gone. Yeah, Kevin Owens is friggin' fantastic, and I'm glad to have him back. Mm-hmm. I also enjoyed that Rowan was in the ring. That yeah, Rowan was wrestling. Yep. I was like, thank you. Don't just let him be the guy. Like he's the guy with Daniel Bryan. Let him tag with him. Let Absolutely. him be in matches. Absolutely. Like have Daniel Bryan be that coward champion where it's like, no, 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 you don't get to fight me. You get to you fight, have to fight Eric Rowan. Rowan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like do that stuff. He's a wrestler. Put him in the ring. Yep. I so absolutely I was, I was happy agree. about that. I was really happy about um because too the the pop up Sido power bomb happened long enough before the finish of the match that it left us sitting there for quite a while going. Well, Kevin Owens is getting the pin in this match, like it, mm-hmm. it or Kofi. Like it was like Kofi could pin him in front of Kevin Owens and be like, "See, I deserve this." But Kevin Owens getting the the pin on his first night back was the most obvious thing. It it so prolongs the story. It, it prolongs the story. Yeah. All it did do was just have me go, how is he going to fucking finish this? How is he going to win? I'm like, he just did his finisher. Mm-hmm. How is he going to win? I was like, is the, I literally thought, is the bullfrog splash? I thought that his, too. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Finisher, I was or... thinking as a, a baby face coming back, like, you know, if he's more of a face, a high flying move like that would pop the crowd. I, I was thinking maybe moonsault. He breaks out that moonsault from time to time, but people always either roll out of the way or get their knees up. I can't remember the last time he actually delivered the moonsault. Yeah. So that would have been a cool finishing move as well. But it was a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. of the KO stunner. Uh, one, two, three. Like you said, it was a fine match. Wasn't anything to write home about, but it's, I liked yeah. the storytelling to, ad- like, advanced storytelling. It was a perfect... Uh, down week, if you will, uh, uh, something mm-hmm. that gets you to the next week, right? Like, uh, you're talking about when's Fastlane now? Uh, Fastlane is two weeks, I believe. Two weeks. yeah. So, you got to get to Fastlane and you're going to have a couple filler shows in between there. Let's continue the story without really giving away too much. And they did just that here in this match, created intrigue moving forward. I really liked it. Now, man, mm-hmm. let me ask you we, I think you already told us your match of the week, but if you want to reiterate it, U.S. Triple Threat match, uh, just it was, I liked everything from the opening segment. I liked that it was on TV. I liked mm-hmm. how they're how it got me excited about the mid card division on SmackDown. Um, and I, I liked that uh, I liked that our truth kept the title, and I liked that it was on a roll up because a roll up never hurts anyone. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's just kind of a ah shit. I was caught off guard. Yep, I absolutely agree. Um, and I like that it was against Ray and not Andrade. Mm-hmm. They they Ray's older. He's been through it. He's done it all. They booked that match Don't almost perfectly. Take that. They really almost booked that match perfectly. I don't mm-hmm. think you could have booked that thing any better. Uh, for Too me, mine was McIntyre versus Ambrose. I love that match. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre. There's just something there, man. There always is something there. Anytime he steps inside mm-hmm. the ring, he's just a great performer. Love the match on, uh, and then I especially loved you know the the fallout after the match. I kind of lump it together, but you know, I really enjoyed the fallout of the match seeing I, seeing Dean Ambrose uh, be saved by the Shield. Yeah, I do think that Drew needs to distance himself from um, 
yeah. that Baron Bobby stuff, but I absolutely maybe agree. the involvement of Elias will allow Drew to distance himself a little bit. Yeah, I feel like the, the involvement of Elias is more so so that they can do an eight-man tag team match. I I don't know, man. The involvement of Elias with it is to keep Braun Strowman in that feud, right? Because he's got nothing else going on, but also to make it about the shield, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, right? I could very well be wrong, and I, I would love to see Drew McIntyre go off on his own and do his own thing, but something tells me we're going to get a uh, some sort of eight-man I mean, tag team yeah, match. Yeah, you could yeah. be wrong. You could be wrong. Watch any of the pay-per-views. <laughs> You're usually wrong. I'm usually wrong, right? I, I've got good ideas, just apparently not as good as stuff that Who? WWE does. Who was your MVP? MVP, mine was Roman Reigns. Come on. Roman, he's back. Gotta he, be. He freaking knocked uh, leukemia into remission. Gotta be Roman. Roman, all the way. Mm-hmm. So glad you're back. So glad you're healthy. He kicked uh, out at so two. So glad you're doing well. He kicked out at two. I love it, man. Oh, so good. I'm glad that just, and, and honestly, from ignoring all of that, from a character standpoint, he sounds great right now. Yep. He's getting the pot. He's he sounds good. Like he sounds natural now. It doesn't sound so suffering succotash, right? <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. It's 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 him. It's finally him. And this will help him. And like I, I feel like this character of him just being allowed to be him is gonna ha- and he even addressed it. He's like, I'm going a little off script right now. Yep. Going a little ad lib. And I was like, Thank you. Throw those you. in. Yeah. Because people know that it's scripted. People yes. know that it's pre like This is not nineteen eighty anymore, right? We're we're in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. Right? Like everybody so, everybody who's a wrestling fan seems to have some sort of connection to the internet in some way now. Right? I'm I'm intrigued for his first match back because I wonder how raw he is right now. Like how just how cold I guess he yeah, is. Because yeah. he's been out of the ring for four months, right? And it it affects everyone. Oh right? god, yeah. <laughs> So I, I wonder how cold he's going to be, but those couple Superman punches they look and the spins looked okay, yep. and they look good. Uh, so from a wrestling standpoint he, and character standpoint, he looked, sounded great. Um, and just from a humanity standpoint, he's my MVP. Yep. Love him. Welcome back, Roman. Welcome back. Welcome back, Roman. But I believe, let's promote our social media. Why don't, before we just get out of there, right? We got to plug some stuff. Come on, man. Uh, you should throw it up on the screen. You, you should, uh, right underneath, right? Right on there. The yeah, I honestly it. should. I honestly should. Maybe I'll, I'll make a mark down for that for next week. Uh, but yeah, guys, where can we follow Bob on Twitter? Uh, sorry, I was just letting them know that I'm the brains. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm the bronze, so suck it. All right. <laughs> yeah, too bad bronze not doing much right now. Yeah, seriously. Um, Bob's Wrestling, B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N, Bob's Wrestling, B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. You can follow me on Twitter. At Conman167, C-O-N-M-A-N-167. It's just the name of the channel. All of the links are down in the description below, guys, so check that out. I've included Bob's link finally to Twitter because it took so damn long. Over, what, like almost three years of you being on the channel? Finally a person. (laughs) Yeah, finally. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, with that being said, (laughs) I've been Con. I've been Bob. And that was the Con and Bob podcast.